Hey, this is Gavin. Just a couple notes about today's show. Um, we had some audio difficulty. We have a great guest on the show, Colleen Thompson, professional disc golfer out of Phoenix who was in town for the Utah Open. Um, she's fantastic, and her mic cut out about uh, seven or eight minutes into the recording, and um, I feel terrible about that. She was a great guest. You can still hear her uh, picked up ambiently through the other mics, so you'll have to listen a little closer. I am releasing the episode on uncut just to give Colleen her due. She definitely deserves your support. And we announce a contest, um, but the contest, Chris pointed out, it's not a good one because what I suggest could easily be looked up on the internet by the time the show is live. So we will be giving the prize out in a uh, in another way. We'll announce another contest in the near future. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Follow us on Instagram to uh, hear about any comment or uh, contest that we've got coming up and giveaways. So thanks so much for listening and we'll get back to the show. Thanks. Welcome to another episode of Pro-Am Disc Golf. I'm Gavin Goodwin. And I'm Chris Lesbo. I'm your amateur. And I'm your professional. And we have a special guest today. Da, da, da. Who Hi. are you? I am Colleen Thompson, and I am also a professional. Yes. So it's Pro Pro Am Disc Golf today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Colleen Thompson. Uh, Colleen Thompson, where are you from? I'm originally from Chicago area of Illinois. Okay. So uh, lived in central Illinois for five years, and now I'm in Phoenix. So you're, you're and you play out of so you're out of Phoenix now. Yes. And who are you sponsored by? Innova. Innova Discs all the way. Nice. And what brings you up to Salt Lake? Uh, the Utah Open this weekend, starting tomorrow, my tee times at nine, uh, 8.40, 8.50, something like that. It's going to be great. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. So uh, Colleen is a listener of the show and a Hi. friend of Chris's, and so we're super excited to have her on. Um, and we're going to bring back a segment that we haven't done for a long time. But what is your disc golf story, Colleen? Oh, disc golf story. So how All did right. you get started? I got started. I play. I was an ultimate player. Uh, my brother got me started back in the day. He's about four years older than me. So I started playing ultimate before I was in high school. Um, and I started competing in the PDGA. I officially uh, made in the PDGA. Oh, there it is. In uh, 2010. That was my first year in the PDGA. So I've been competing for eight years. Um, I won Am Worlds in 2013. So that was my big year. I won national collegiates and a world championship. So that was huge for me. Say, say that again. Uh, yeah, it was uh, 2013 was my best year probably to date. I won the 2013 amateur world championships and then the 2013 national collegiate championships. So Everybody listening to the show, we have a legit world champion on on the <laughs> on the show tonight. So that is that's incredible. So you won worlds and collegiate. Yeah, in the same year. It's funny because I think those were my two amateur women events that I played that year. Other than that, I was playing open women or like advanced men in any other division that I went to, just because I wanted to elevate my level of play. And yeah. clearly, it helped me a lot. So yeah. it was a really good year for me. Unfortunately, I you know, fell into work after. So I took about a four year hiatus where I maybe played about 10 tournaments within those four years. Um, so this is kind of my first year back on the scene and actually like playing big tournaments again. So it feels so good to be back and just welcomed by the disc golf community because everyone's amazing. And it's like a huge family when you see everyone again, it's like you never left. So it's really good to be back. That's, that's so great to hear. Thank you. Um, so how, how was the transition from ultimate to disc golf? It, difficult, very difficult. Um, it's, 
especially because I was my brother was teaching me. He's a lefty and he was a he was a power thrower. He threw hard. So I mean, I saw him throw far and I was like, I want to do that. But when you pick up an overstable driver for the first time, you're like, why does it why does it just cut for me? So it took me I, a really long time. It's yeah. So the transition is really difficult. But once you find like the right understable plastic, like I, if you saw my bag, I'm a very understable thrower for that reason, because I still hyzer flip everything. Uh, so that's my a huge part of my game. But I mean, I've been playing disc golf a lot longer than I have ultimate. So okay. I feel like my skills in disc golf at least surpass those so your brother got you an ultimate and then into disc golf yeah for sure all right what else is he going to get you into i don't know i was like he actually stopped playing disc golf uh skydiving yeah oh is he a skydiver no oh, i'm just <laughs> trying to think of cool things yeah cool things uh people, things people do in phoenix uh definitely not skydiving uh, nothing uh i'm just kidding it's like jumping out of the sun yeah <laughs> Into a sauna. <laughs> Into the rest of the sun. <laughs> it's you, you know physics. It's colder up there, no matter where you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just gets it's incredibly hot. hot really fast. Uh, but yeah, no, I think the disc golf thing, my brother lives in Holland, Michigan now, and I'm in Phoenix, so I unfortunately don't get to see him too often, but he's kind of just living in the spotlight. He loves that I still play, and um, <laughs> he just loves that I'm still out here playing, because he doesn't get to play often. He plays casual rounds every now and then, but he doesn't compete anymore at all, and it's kind of sad, but yeah. I wish he still played. Unfortunately, he doesn't. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm the only one in my family that plays, and I found out recently that my wife, when I I'm not playing disc golf and people ask where I am. She'll say, oh, he's playing golf because oh. it's just easier to explain. It's not that she's embarrassed about yeah. me. She likes me, but likes we me. both know this is, I mean, it, I love the sport, but it's ridiculous. And it's, that's one of the things I like about it. Right. But, We're all uh, goofballs. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm, so you're sponsored by Innova mm-hmm. and when did, when did you start playing for them? So that's kind of a long story. I mean, after Amworlds, I got sponsored, um, but unfortunately, I didn't I would hope so. do anything with it. Uh, yeah, I was like, I, I took that sponsorship and then took a full-time job. And unfortunately, that full-time job took over my life and I didn't do anything with my sponsorship at the time. So this year, um, Jennifer Allen, huge shout out to her. She really reached out to Innova for me and kind of got me back on the team in a sense after I won my first tournament against her this year at Shelly Sharp Memorial. So she really hooked me up. And at the Memorial, after the second round, they ended up sponsoring me, giving me a team shirt and welcomed me to the team. So. That's nice. It's been awesome to be back, uh, be back on the team, and I, I don't know. The team members of Innova are really supportive. It's like a big old family again, too. So, and Innova's been my jam forever. I love the plastic. I don't know. I've really never thrown anything else, so it's like home. Yeah. Well, that's great. I think a lot of people start with Innova because they're just they're everywhere. Yeah. Absolutely. I started with Innova because I was working at a store that sold Innova. Right. So, um, I those listening will never see this unless I post a picture, but. Uh, Colleen brought me a gift. What, what did you bring me, Colleen? Um, so I was looking through my discs, and I found a 167-star Shrike. Um, I am not a Shrike thrower personally, but I knew Gavin was, so I just wanted to bring him one as kind of a little present for welcoming me onto the show. So I'm, I'm super so excited. excited. <laughs> I'm excited for you. Yeah. So what do you like to throw? Um, I mean, Not like a hole in the bag. Right. I, you don't need to remember that. But what are your, some of your favorite discs? I mean, go-to drivers, turns, and destroyers for the most part. Um, I have an old beat-up Archon that I've had for, I don't know, 10 years probably that I that's like my go-to as well but other than that I'm a huge rock thrower obviously being in about it's one of my first things I've had and then DX AVRs all the way <laughs> do you putt and throw the DX AVR yeah uh, well I'm more throw cases I oh, okay like, the, like stability of them but from what I've heard I need to try these AVR threes really bad so those are going to be my next experiment because I've heard they're fantastic I started with an AVR putter again because that was just the one that they had at the store that I was working at uh and I Honestly, never played with it enough to get a feel for it. It was actually a first-run pro, Avier. 
Yeah, I know. I've still got it. It's being sunbaked in my backyard probably right now by my kids. Um, but uh, I, there are so many aviers. I, I, I can't even that's keep crazy. track. So I have about a 12-year-old DX bottom stamped aviar that's like my baby. Oh, um, yeah. It's something that I, you know, I use outside the circle for the most part or just in a tailwind, but it's my jam. And ever since I lost my old JK, I actually cracked it when I was practice putting because it was so old. I just decided to go all DX AVRs. So when I got my shipment from Innova, I got like 10 DX bottom stamped AVRs, and they're phenomenal. They've been really, really, really helping my game out. So That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, and the rock, too. That I have a rock. I think I have a, a V-Rock. What is it? Okay, what's a V-Rock? I don't know any of it. Do you know? You don't know? V-Rock, I have no idea. Okay. It's more understable. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Th- this was when I was getting Gosh, back guys, into the sport, on. and everybody said the rocks were good, so I picked up a rock, and then... I should not be the one to know that. I think I've bagged my rock twice, and then it's just been in my practice bag ever since then. Chris can back me up on this, because I'm a very old-school Innova player, so... Yes. <laughs> I think the newest uh, disc in my bag is a Mako 3. Um, I don't throw any new plastic. I have, I mean, Gazelles, DX Leopards. Like, I don't throw new plastic, so I really have to get more in tune. I take it back. The Rat is the newest disc. Yeah. But other than that, I'm That's pretty old, though, isn't it? The Rat's this year. Oh, is it this year? Really? Oh, okay. Other than that, I'm very old school with all my plastics, so that's why I'm like the new discs. I have no idea, to be completely honest, but I need to obviously get educated on them because questions like this i would like to answer for you yeah i don't know i well i'm there's so much plastic out there and i just i've kind of i was telling chris the other day i i love mystery boxes that was a great way to start and now i'm actually at the point with my bag i'm like well i have a handful of discs that i like so i think i'm just going to kind of stick with those um but this was actually an unintentional segue on my part colleen has donated enough stuff that we've got a little colleen mystery box that we are uh gonna give away we'll figure out a way to do that so um keep watching probably instagram is where we'll probably talk about that but um there's a lot of good stuff in here there's a stack of discs from a previous sponsor right uh, or just old discs okay all right so but the stuff that you're contractually not supposed to throw now <laughs> <laughs> uh some hats from some uh calling innova and paragon which is another one of our sponsors uh oh towels I think I might keep some of this stuff, Colleen. Bunch of can cozies. There's actually no longer a mystery box. Gavin took it all. I guess I shouldn't call it a mystery box, yeah, because I'm telling everything. <laughs> uh, and a big fat stack of stickers. So there, there's a lot of good stuff. Um, so uh, keep looking out for that, and we will um, give that out. when. Uh, well, I think we're going to talk to you, Colleen, and figure out what kind of contest awesome. to do for this. So actually, um, so Utah Open is this weekend. I want whoever can pick Colleen's score. At how many rounds? Four rounds? Three rounds? Three. Three rounds. Whoever can get closest to Colleen's score, um, straight up. Not not Price is Right rules. Just straight up. Closest to Colleen's score after three rounds of the Utah Open. I'm scared. Chris is doing some math in his head. Par 58. Par 58. Yeah. Uh, so three uh, rounds. So that the course is a par 58? Mm-hmm. Okay. So par is 174. All right. For you and, lazy people. Yeah. I I can't do math in my head, so I'm glad Chris can. <laughs> That's really handy. Other people don't have to wait for me to pull out my calculator. So I my real job is I do rental properties. Um, I own and, and manage residential rentals, and I'm turning them over right now. And I had a uh, girl call me. She's young, 
I, I just based on her voice on the phone, I don't know how old she was, but she said, so how much is your, is your unit? I said, it's 1625 a month. She goes, well, how much would it be with three, three people? I said, 1625 a month. And I'm driving. I've got my son in the back seat. Like I, I'm there. And she goes, well, but per room, how much is that? And I said, well, it's just 1625 <laughs> divided by three. <laughs> so like I, that was a, yeah. But how much is it? $5,900 a month. Ooh, okay. Per room. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if Chris was on the phone, he would have been able to answer your question without. Yeah, math's without, hard. Yeah. Not, well, not for you. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's hard for you. Sometimes. It's very hard for me. Depends on the math. I, <laughs> I told Chris a story a long time ago. When I was an undergrad here at the University of Utah, um, I signed up for, I was a history major, so the the statistics class that I took was called stats. The, the people called it stats for humanities majors. That was like oh. the the underground name for this class. But it was a political analysis class. So you did like so there was no statistics. Well, the first half of the class was great and I loved it. And it was just learning about like polling processes and like kind of demographics and how to do that and and electoral stuff. The second half of the class was actually statistics and how to analyze the data. So I had a great grade going into the class and I ended up graduating with a very average grade and I was, or ending the semester yep. and I was very happy with my average grade. So, uh, but that did not transfer for my MBA program. So I had to take stats again. Oh, but, um, so I took, but I signed up for a class that was like, uh, supposed to be, I thought it would just be like a astronomy class for people that are just for fun. Mm -hmm. You know, it's called a uh, search for extra extraterrestrial life. Was it here? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I sit down and it's the first semester that I'm here. I transferred to the school and I took, uh, astronomy at my other school really liked it. It was just taught in the planetarium and it was great. It was really fun. I got an A in the class. So that like, okay, I'll take another one of those just for fun. Uh, I sit down in the first, the, like the first five minutes of class, he hands out this, the, actually, I think it's sitting at the tables. Anyway, there's a pretest that you're supposed to take. And he says, this pretest is to see if you can understand the concepts in this class. So do this, and then that will help you know if you're going to be prepared for this class. Mm -hmm. And I looked at this pretest, and I didn't realize that it was math because I didn't know. Like the, it was like a calculus test. Honestly, after taking calculus, that's probably what it was. But it was stuff that I like. It, it was like what Goodwill Hunting solved <laughs> in the hallway. <laughs> It, it was just lines and letters, and, and I was like, I, I don't, I don't know how to do this. So I, I, I did drop that class. But that's such a bummer. Yeah, my sister did the same thing. She dropped the class. She took one of the one thousand level, which should be like, hey, look at the sky. Here's your A. Yeah, but it's not. She had binders and binders of notes and just hated it. Yeah, she should have taken it at uh, UVU, which is where I took mine. Yeah, right. That was great. That's so dumb. I hate that. All right, I think we've diverged a little bit off of disc golf, but space is cool. Yeah, space is rad. <laughs> Perfect. Back to disc golf. So um, watch out for that giveaway, and we're going to hit you guys up with some really, really great stuff. Uh, and I'm going to say there's not another box like this out there because it is pretty eclectic. Thanks to Colleen. Yeah. It's a good mix. I like yeah. it. So um, let me look at my notes here. You two played some disc golf today. We did. And I heard something exciting happen to you, Chris. I did actually. Um, so quick backstory, Utah open this week, a couple friends in from out of town from less scenic places than Salt Lake city. 
So had to find a time when we could all get up to solitude because it's gorgeous and everybody needs mountain time if you're from boring places without mountains. So took uh, Colleen and I and then Alyssa uh, and Alex, two locals, and then Jared Neal, who's also in town for the event. He's from Huntsville, Alabama. So also yeah, there are no mountains in Alabama. There, there are like three, but they're about 500 feet high. I think the highest point in Alabama is actually man-made. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I think that's an actual true fact that it's <laughs> it's a tower on top of one of the mountains, I think is the highest point in Alabama. Awesome. Awesome. So we went to Solitude because it's beautiful. And just about halfway through the round, there's a little like 415 foot. I think it, it's something like that. It's hole 13, if you know Solitude. It's the first one coming out of the trees. I threw a shot, and it's kind of blind. It goes over this little ridge. and it So looked, it's a downhill shot? Uh, it's or, pretty flat. Oh, okay. You kind of go over the ridge, and then it flattens back out. About, about 415. Yeah. Okay. And I threw it, and it looked really good. And every time I throw a shot that looks good, I kind of mockingly, jokingly say, just go in. And yeah, then, I've heard you say that a bunch. And then we heard this little, little chain sound, and I turned around. Colleen heard it. Jared heard it. We're all like, maybe. So I wasn't excited. Like, it, you can hit so much metal and get sound. Yeah. yeah I was more excited walking up to the basket than Chris was. I was like, I think you really nailed that. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I don't see too well. So I had to walk up to pretty much the circle to tell if it was in or not. <laughs> and I was like, thumbs up. Yeah, guys, it's in. <laughs> and the funniest part of this to me, um, if you guys follow disc golf, like internet disc golf, you know that Jeremy Colling is kind of like the magical witness for aces. The disc I threw has his rubber stamp on the bottom. <laughs> so, Jeremy, even though you're not listening um, and you weren't there, thank you for witnessing that. It was awesome. That is uh, – that's pretty great. Yeah. So, uh, see, I would be super stoked if I just threw it 400 feet. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably my longest ace now. Yeah, I've I, gotten 400, 390. I don't think I've over four. Ha, has anybody... So there's a couple super long holes there. Have you heard... Does anybody ace those that you're aware of? I know someone has six. I watched it happen when I was like getting into disc golf. How far is that? 650. Okay. But that's... Is that the downhill one that Eagle eagled? Yes, She's, but to a different basket. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I watched Brian Escher get that one like five years ago. Uh Nobody's gotten 18. The world would explode if somebody did. That's like a thousand plus feet, right? Yeah. It'll be a lefty when it happens because the whole play's to the right. Um, and I think 14 is the only other longer one, and I don't think that's happened either. Yeah. So, so second on the list. That's pretty good. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. And, and it was witnessed by other people. Yeah. It was awesome. There were five of us. But that does end a drought for me. I don't even remember my last one. Me neither. <laughs> he hasn't. Spoiler. I, I have aced on the, the practice green before, you know, on the, the, the putting basket. Oh, I nice. Like the 20 one. footers? Yeah. No. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I do. No, I think I have actually. You've seen me hit putts longer than that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> that, that's seldom. So, uh, but that's pretty fun. So, but I also heard that you guys came up with something on the course that you want to talk about on the show. Yeah. Kind of related to the hole-in-one thing. Um, it's a hypothetical, naturally. And it goes something like this. Would you rather be able to call your aces, but only ace once a year, or never be able to ace intentionally, 
and just ace, you know, three or four times a year sporadically. Okay, so... So you can say, I'm going to ace this and then do it once a year. Automatically, like it will will magically get there. Yep, once a year. Okay. Or you get four aces a year, but you never get to do it on purpose. Okay. Colleen, why don't you go first? Would you rather? So for this one, I probably would go with acing once a year. I mean, right now I'm in a five-year dry spell. (laughs) Still an upgrade. Yeah. Condor, and it would be the coolest thing ever. So, if I could call my aces, I would probably do that. Um, just because clearly quantity really doesn't matter that much because it's been so long for me, anyways. So, Fair. I would probably have to go with the one ace a year and being able to call it whenever I wanted it. What about you, Chris? I'm the same for that reason. I would just yeah. ace 18 in solitude. <laughs> See, I, I, would, I would have to say the calling it because I don't play a lot of tournaments, but. If I ever were in a situation where it's like, oh, I need to make up five strokes on this guy. I'm going to throw this one in. Yeah, and it's a par five. Like, it's a long haul. Yes, I'm just going to ace this one. Just throw my putter over my shoulder and, you know, (laughs) start walking to the next tee. Yeah. So that's that's just a way to kind of narrow that down. Um, Because if it's the random thing, it it could be the, oh, it's a, you know, 180-foot hole. Mm -hmm. And, And which is still great, but. Yeah, no, it's. I, I, I'm going to trust you on that, <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you could just ace the, uh, the, if you can gain five or six strokes yeah. in one hole, that would help me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I would have had the number two tag after, you know, after our round when you played left-handed. Yeah, you would have, but you didn't. K right. level two. <laughs> but you didn't. <laughs> level two. Level, oh, okay. It's a two part. Would you rather be able to call one ace and never ace again or ace like every other round or so? Colleen? That's so hard one. It's a really hard one. But one, do you say once in your life? Like yeah, so you get to step up to one T and say, I'm going to ace this, and then you do, and then you'll never get a hole-in-one again. Man. Or you get one every other round you play. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin. How is that even a question? Like, of course, every other round I'm guaranteed an ace? Yes. Oh, man. Yes. You're going with the opposite. I am. Absolutely. Acing 18 in solitude trumps acing every week, every day. I don't care. I want 18. Well, that could be one of your ones that you just randomly get. But it won't be. In this magical world, how do you know not? Because it won't be. Well, it, it won't that's, be that's, now because you're not, saying that. That's not an ace you get randomly. Random ones are like the little tree kicks and the little 180 footers. That hole is not a random. But that, you didn't say that, and you said you you said you're guaranteed <laughs> to get one every other round. Yep. So if you play solitude enough, statistically, you're you know that's going to have to come up to be the one. You're stretching, but I'll see. <laughs> I'll concede. I just want 18. All right. Now, okay, but <laughs> getting real. We're going to get a little philosophical here. Um, so I don't know how long this hole is. I've seen enough footage of it. I haven't actually played this course yet. I need to. Um, 
but it's over a thousand feet, a, right? I would say about a thousand feet. Yeah, so it's it's a big, big hole. Yes. Uh, now, it will get aced at some point, you know, probably, maybe, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a dozen shots or so inside circle one or circle two. So. Yeah, so, I mean, it will happen at some point. Now, if you get it because of this magic power that you have, are you going to say I don't get credit for getting it? No, no, no. You get credit for okay. getting it. Like you, you could have your, but you could, you can set it up and like, you know, bring out your buddy with his 4k camera and, you know, and send it in. And y- you might even make sports center because You'd get that's rich. pretty impressive. You'd get rich off of YouTube hits. Thousand foot mountain throw in. Yeah. I'm rich. YouTube will pay me. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Continue. Well, no, so that brings up another question. Cause I want, I'm curious what is the most watched disc golf clip and and how many hits that is and how much that would actually no idea monetize to i'm guessing it's in like the 3 or 4 million range not okay. like the 50 million not huge money but some kickback yeah um if anybody knows that let us know cuz I, I would be curious like what the most popular one is and also if you can find the one of the fat dude throwing like infinity and the other guy going like what the I want to see that clip again. I only saw one. I still don't know what that is. It's great. And I think you don't know it because the person who posted it has blocked us both. Um, Probably. So, uh, okay. But would you feel in your heart of hearts like that you didn't really get that? Like, would you, would you have this guilt? I knew that's where you were going. Why did you say no? That's taking the credit away. That's blaming. No, no, no. you get credit power. for it. Like everybody knows, but, but of course but you, internally, I but don't. you're only getting it because of the magical power. You've said so yourself that it's not one you're going to get randomly. Well, you were pretty okay with acing every other round magically. So yeah, but yes, I suck I'm at okay this game. with it. I'm, I'm bad at this game. Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay. I would do it on demand. It would be filmed. It'd be amazing. <laughs> I hope so much that you do ace that hole sometime. Oh. <laughs> and then this gets brought up. The first time I played that course, I said, if I ever ace that hole, I'm quitting. So I kind of hope I don't so that I don't have to deal with that conversation. Well, you can make a comeback. You can quit like Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. I'll quit and then come back old and less good and then. Yeah. Yeah. Go I'm, play baseball for a. <laughs> don't give it a shot. What would, be, what would be the equivalent of that? Like, I guess you could go play ultimate. You could go play a freestyle disc. Basketball and baseball aren't related. Oh, I know. Oh, Why do I have well, to stay with It's frisbees? a ball. Tennis. Well, no, it's got to be a disc sport. Bowling. It's got to be a disc sport. Because all ball, all ball sports are the same? No. They use it can't be anything. I'll take up cricket. Colleen, settle this for us. Oh, I don't know. Ooh, yeah, I would take that. Well, yeah, used to. Okay, well, I guess. Yeah, I guess Michael Jordan played high school but baseball, but. Watching you play cricket would be really entertaining, too, so I'd probably have to go with that. Cricket looks like fun. I vote for Quidditch. I have a friend that plays Quidditch. I know. I, know. I, I could I could rock some Quidditch. I... <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. That was a great no comment. <laughs> um, well, I threw something new this week. And uh, normally, when we throw something, throw something new, uh, it's a disc that's new and it hasn't been released yet that Chris gets uh, through sponsorship, 
or one that you know is a new disc that comes out. But I threw something new that uh, has probably been around for thirty years. I don't know, not that long. <laughs> but it was the uh, the end of a turn, and I threw the turn because I finally realized that it was a, everybody says it's a slower Shrike. So I went and I bought myself a couple turns. I bought a Star turn and a Pro turn, which I like Pro plastic. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, Chris is nodding. Silent nod. Yeah, silent nod. It's like a, it has a feel similar to DX, which I really like, but DX breaks in so fast, it's almost unusable. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's in between Star and DX, right? Yeah, and Champion is super durable, but it's kind of slick. So and when I first started playing, Champion was it. That was the premier plastic that you could get. It was Pro, Champion, and DX. And I knew that because I was selling disc golf. That was it. That's funny because when I started... I thought Star was like garbage plastic because it beat up so much faster than Champion. So I totally thought Champion was the best too. Yeah. I think Star is their... Well, Champion was. It used to be the best. But Star is now the premium plastic, I think. I think it's both. I think it's preference. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Champion's more like Lucid. Yep. I, and Star's more like Fusion. Yeah. Which I haven't thrown any Fusion discs. I need to. That's all I have. Just grab one. Okay. Well, then I have thrown it, I'm sure. Yeah. You probably have handed me one, but... Um, so the turn, I, I went and bought a couple turns and I took them out today to, for the first time and played with them and I'm sick. So I got about three or four holes in and I gave up. So, <laughs> but, uh, they went fairly far for me, but they were way more understable than I was predicting them Ooh. to be. So, and I don't know if that was just the, the, so you were saying some plastics come out a little more understable with the turn or. No, I think I will. I think I, I like the feel of them a lot. Um, but I'm I'm so excited about the Shrek. I keep it's in my hands and I'm just flipping it around. He hasn't put it down or stopped smiling. Yeah, I really like it. Uh, yeah. Well, um, one last little bit. Yes, Chris. You're wearing a cool shirt. Oh, I am wearing a cool shirt. It's got a cool Pharaoh stamp on it. Yeah. Uh, if you Where'd follow it come us, from? yeah, it came from InfiniteDisc.com. So if you follow us on social media. You have seen a picture of this shirt, and it is the uh, stamp for the Infinite Pharaoh, which is their distance driver. Numbers look pretty close to a Shrike. Have you thrown it, either one of you? 13, 6, negative 1, and 2. I have not. I have not. Mm. So, but they're made by in, uh, Innova, Innova. Yes, they are molded by Innova. So I don't know so how they it's probably like a Shrike with a different top or something. The only Infinite disc I've thrown that's actually Infinite branded Jeez, Louise, I keep hitting my mic stand. Put the disc put down. The disc down. Put the disc down. I don't want to. Take it, it away. feels so good. Take it away. Uh, is the uh, chariot. And I like my chariot. It, yeah. it flies similar to a core. Okay. Just kind of a, a nice, stable. For yeah. me, a stable, Cl- long yeah. mid. Claymore Evidence Town. Probably. Yeah. Also. And probably V-Rock, even. Probably, That's yeah. about where it lives. Yeah, okay. Um, and it, it just feels like a sturdy... To me, in my hand, it feels like a substantial mid-range, which I like. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I'm wearing a, the Pharaoh t-shirt. And I got this uh, on infinitedisc.com using promo code PROAMDG. And I saved 10% off of my order, but not this shirt, actually, because this shirt came in the 
there's an option for like eight bucks. You can add a mystery swag bag. Oh. That's where I got this shirt. Awesome. And then I ordered some more discs when I lost the disc that I bought before. Um, <laughs> in South the Dakota. The never ending battle. Yeah. And uh, I did the mystery swag bag again and they sent me the exact same shirt, but in red. So I've got it in blue and red now. So, um, and it came with some chapstick too, some infinite branded chapstick. So if you want to save 10% on infinite discs, this is, I believe your last week to do it um, with the current code. And hopefully we can get another code uh, for you. But for right now, go enter ProAmDG, P-R-O-A-M-D-G and save 10% on your entire order. And whatever you like to throw, they have it. Um, they have brands in there that I have never heard of and I don't know that still exist, honestly, but they still have them in their factory. So they definitely have a ton of stuff. Yeah. It's insane. How many discs they have? And my favorite thing about ordering from them is, as we said before, it's as close as you can get to going to a shop and holding a disc because you can pick out the literally the exact disc. They have pictures of everything they have in their warehouse Mm -hmm. and you like that stamp on that color with that little swirl. That's the disc that's coming to you. So, um, so yeah, cool shirt. Yeah. Thank you. you you've got a nice GBO latitude 64 shirt. Also a cool shirt. Colleen's got a nice Innova dry fit. Eh. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. I fight. So I'm curious though, if the three of us, if, so the, the campus has about 25,000 students, I think something like that. I think it's more. I think it's like almost 40,000. Oh, geez. But a lot of non-traditional. Okay, yeah. Because night classes and okay, stuff. Okay, yeah. Um, but that's a that's a decent sized sample. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering how many of them we would have to get in to step into this room and just looking at our t-shirts to realize that this is a disc golf podcast that we're recording. A hundred? So like, yeah, one out of a hundred, you think? I, I, bet, I bet if we bring in a hundred, somebody knows. Probably. Like put all the discs away. I bet somebody would recognize it of a yeah. latitude or maybe not Pharaoh yet. That's pretty no, nobody would recognize this except for, I mean, it has like flight numbers and stuff on it. It says distance driver, but somebody would have to read it kind of close. Yeah. And get over all the like hieroglyphs. Yeah. That's what I keep looking at. <laughs> it's actually kind of a rad shirt. Yeah. I like the logo or design yeah. or stamp or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Like um, it. So yeah, I think you probably, I don't think we'd have to get into the thousands before somebody would recognize. I hope not. Grow disc golf. Tell somebody about it. Uh, I All know. you have to do is get one of those bros that runs around without a shirt <laughs> and we're done. There's a lot of those. A lot of those. But all it takes is one. Yeah. Uh, but I am sad because I think they are actually killing off the course now. Cause I've heard parking lots going. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. And they haven't watered in at least 10 days probably. Yeah. So that's, Since we played. Yeah. I played today and it's it's not that fun right now because it's just – it's actually really slick because the grass is mm-hmm. so dead that it just falls out from underneath your feet. So, yeah, where Ugh. green is bad. So fun. I know that's a. How does it feel though to look over at like the multitude of golf courses in Phoenix that are green and pristine? Are there any courses that are on golf courses? Okay. Um, but it's a nine-hole ball golf course, and they put a nine-hole disc golf course. Oh, so there's just nine holes. There's, there's nine holes, but there's two pins to every single hole. Oh, okay. So you can play a full 18 in one loop, in a sense, if you play both holes at once, which is really cool. Um, and then there's also a foot golf on that course as 
well. So it's kind of a unique thing. Um, other than that, I don't think there's too many out there. But it's frustrating, definitely. I mean, if you're standing on a mountain, the only green around is golf courses. I mean, you start to wonder. Yeah, but I mean, if there was... How much water do you guys Oh, yeah. All of it. All of it. But in fairness, no one should be in Phoenix. Like, it's it's lizard country. <laughs> like pretty awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you have mountains. They're just they're bone dry. And, yeah. yeah. Not like Utah. So Utah is an incredibly beautiful state. I'm so happy to be here. I spent some time in Riverside, California, um, and was there about two weeks. I, I spent a lot of time there in my life, but this particular time I was there, and I was there about two weeks and had rode my, ridden my bike just up this hill that I rode my bike up just about every day, and it was after a windstorm, and I said, oh, there's mountains. The smog is that thick <laughs> that I could not see the San Bernardino Mountains. Oh. And they're big. They're sizable mountains. Like Mount Whitney's not that far from where I was. Um, oh, yeah, so uh, it could be worse, I guess is my point. And it's it's just about as hot as Phoenix uh, there. Yeah, so. Phoenix in the winter, though. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So Palm Springs has humidity. Hmm. which is effectively the same climate as Phoenix, but there's so much water on the golf courses and, and hmm. that it's, it's humid. Uh. But that's probably how I felt going to South Dakota recently. Where I was like, this is so verdant. There's grass everywhere and it's so lush. And then I come here and it's like, it is so dry. Mm-hmm. And you go to Phoenix and it's so, so dry. Yeah, I'm here and I'm like, everything's green and it's beautiful. And I miss the colors. You should have been here a month ago. Oh, I wish. Well, next year. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you guys, everybody, for listening to the show. Uh, Colleen. Thank you guys so much for having me on. It was a pleasure. I'm truly honored to be the other CT on the show tonight. So yeah. Aww. Please, uh, what's your social media? Where can you people find you? Um, so, yeah, if you want to follow me on Instagram, um, my thing is uh, Col T, so C O L L T. Um, and if, on Facebook, Col Thompson. So, if you like this golf, give me a follow. Please do. Everybody that follows us should follow her. Yeah. Um, she's been a friend of the show since she's been listening to the show pretty much since inception. So, uh, since she saw the movie inception, <laughs> which was actually before the show. So Except, let's like just a, keep like, inceptioning. This. Yeah. Like seven or eight years before the show. How so. many layers deep does this go? Thank you for doing what you're doing. Um, do you have any, uh, how can people support you? Like, do you have a, uh, fundraiser disc or anything out there that people can go and, um, unfortunately not yet. Not yet. Uh, I would love for that to happen just cause I would love to actually be on tour next year or at least play a lot more bigger tournaments. So, I mean, if anyone has any suggestions or would like to help me out, then just let me know how I can do that. <laughs> so, I would love, I take all the suggestions I can get, but okay. it's just going to be back out here this year. And that's just my, kind of my comeback year so that's why i'm hoping next year i can get a little bit more involved with my sponsorships and have them do a couple fundraiser things for me uh paragon's really great about just producing uh fundraiser shirts and stuff like that and i know Innova's obviously pretty big on the tour series for this as well so nice. hopefully next year keep an eye out hopefully colleen thompson yeah. will be a name that everyone will know by then. yeah 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 well uh follow her on social media and um support her in any way you can because she's good she's she's really good yeah yeah she's i mean 
She's the only person on the show that's legitimately a world champion. So that's true. That's that's pretty substantial. And 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 anything. I haven't officially been declared world champion at squirting water out of my hands in a pool. So we need to find you a contest because I want to know. I, should, I think we just need to call Guinness out because my guess is no one else has done it. You're and probably so right. Just Set up some sort of like skill test. Like hit this target, <laughs> hit this target. Okay, you win. <laughs> Until somebody can do it better, you're the best. Yeah, there we go. And then I'd have to find something. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How many jelly beans can you shove up your nose? <laughs> Zero. Oh, there we go. Now we're talking. Um, yeah. Just a little side tangent here. Um, <laughs> Donuts. There was a time where uh, we had what we'd called the Fat Kid Delight Club. <laughs> oh, I see. I'm already interested. And there were certain ways to get into the Fat Kid Delight Club. And uh, the easiest way was to just eat a whole large pizza in a sitting, which is really fairly easy, especially the pizzas that were at this place near okay. us. Um, one of the guys took what I thought was the the toughest challenge that we had established. You know, I mean, people could suggest their own things, but the way he got into the Fat Kid Delight Club was by eating a dozen Krispy Kremes in one sitting. Oh my he he did, but he got him down, and I think he puked like a few hours later. But uh, he told me that his entire throat just felt like it was coated in glaze. Yeah, I probably could have done that when I was younger. Yeah, we were around twenty three ish, twenty one, twenty. Yeah, so we were younger. Uh, but he got into the fat kid delight club by eating a dozen crispy, just glazed Krispy Kremes, and Krispy Kremes are when they're hot and fresh are amazing. Mm-hmm. Anywhere outside of 15 minutes from that point, they're not good. Like, in my opinion, they're, they're fine. Yeah. But he, so it, it took him more than 15 minutes to eat these. Oh. And it was, uh, it was hard to watch. Like, like, it was one of those things where you felt bad. It's like the kid in Matilda. Bruce. Oh, my Bruce. Oh. Yeah. It's like that. Like, you want to root for him, but it kind of makes you sick to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and, on, and on that note uh, <laughs> keep throwing plastic cheers <laughs> <laughs>